I gambled. I took a shot. I went into sports betting. I made a lot of money in the beginning, but I lost it all. And then I also lost my second wife. So yeah, it's definitely a roller coaster. William Hung may have been met with mockery during his audition on American Idol, but few were prepared for the remarkable journey that was to come. Little did anyone know, his passion and resilience would take him from being laughed at to an inspiring success story. He overcame two failed marriages, a costly gambling addiction, and a humble upbringing to become a successful entrepreneur and author, inspiring others to become a champion by choice. I'm Bob Wheeler, and this is Money You Should Ask. This podcast, our books, online courses, and newsletter all focus on awakening your money mindset. Our mission is to normalize conversations around personal finance so we can better understand why we do what we do when it comes to money. If you would like to learn more, all the information is in our show notes. Bring a little money mindfulness to your life. Follow me on Instagram at Money You Should Ask. And now let's dive into my conversation with William Hung. William, it is so great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I love talking about money and finance. All right. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. And then maybe a little bit of fame and fortune and all that good stuff as well. Because <laughs> you've had it all. So most people recognize you from American Idol. What was the most memorable moment when you were on that? It was when I responded, when Simon stopped me in the middle of the chorus, I sang the song She Bangs by Ricky Martin. And Simon said like, thank you. You can't sing. You can't dance. So what do you want me to say? And I said, I already gave my best. I have no regrets at all. And Paul said, good for you. That's the best attitude yet. I said, I had no professional training. And Simon goes, no. Well, that's the surprise of the century. <laughs> you know, I think what's really awesome about that is the fact that you showed up and you just wanted to sing. Yes. You weren't going in to be like number one, but if you don't show up, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, of course. So that's amazing that you showed up. I mean, what would you say to somebody who's on stage and not necessarily getting well-received or getting booed or what would you say to somebody like that? If you never try, you'll never know what could happen in life because I didn't have a lot of expectations. I didn't have any. Right. Most of the time, they're going to say, no, I go home and that's it. But I thought, okay, well, I can try other auditions. I can try other kinds of shows. You never know. No, that's awesome because when you're in the limelight like you were, people are going to make comments. You're being seen. You're stepping up and you are visible. So some people are going to go, amazing. Some people are going to high five. Some people are going to go, that's terrible. <laughs> There's always going to be a critic. Right. So how do you keep yourself moving forward when you do get that criticism? Focus on the positive and focus on what you have control over. Yeah, absolutely. When you finished American Idol, how did your relationship with money change? How was it before? And then did anything change after a little bit of this fame and attention? I grew up in a family I wouldn't say very poor, but we did have to struggle. We had to be frugal to save money every bit we can. So I grew up from that background. And then when I got popular from American Idol, I got this record contract, $25,000 for a college kid 20 years ago. Nice. That's a big change. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden I could pay off most of my debt, my parents' debt. I can help them out a lot. We totally changed our life. 
So I think I went from like, wow, I have to pinch every penny to like, okay, well, maybe we can live a good life, but with good reason. Yeah. And was it different when you went out in public and people would say, wait, I know you or people sing for you. I would imagine everybody wants to reenact your performance. The most common reaction I got was like, oh my God, aren't you that she bangs guy? Could I take a picture of you? <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Again, if you hadn't shown up, people wouldn't have known you. Yeah. Whether you win or lose, you win because you show up. Right. What struggles did you encounter, if any, like after American Idol? Like, was there a transition the first few months or the first couple of years? What was that like? Well, I lived my dream life for about four years. I got all the big performance opportunities, commercials. I made very good money doing it too. So that was the top. But then things started to fall apart because I wanted to settle down. I want to get married. And I didn't know what it means to get married or marry the right person. Oh, <laughs> so I gave away a lot of money I earned through two divorces. <laughs> so that's definitely a lesson learned. Now, the first one, I just thought any pretty girl, you know, it seems good, talks very nice, maybe okay, but that was very naive, very immature. Yeah. And then the second one, I screwed up because it was the other opposite. Because I got desperate. I didn't want to just hold a day job or the little bit of a side hustle. It wasn't good enough for me. So I gambled. I took a shot. I went into sports betting. I made a lot of money in the beginning, but I lost it all. Wow. And then I also lost my second wife. So yeah, it's definitely a roller coaster. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, what was that like when you were winning? When you're high rolling and the money's coming in, it's got to feel great. But when the money starts getting taken off the table and you start losing the money, does it spiral? I mean, do you get more like, wait, this time, like, does it get a little bit desperate or you just sort of roll with it? Well, I did get desperate because I noticed that I bet bigger and bigger as I started losing my money for gambling. And that's what got me into trouble. So it's a very expensive lesson. But the good news is that I was able to stop before I gave away everything and sleep on the streets. Okay, that's good. Did your parents know you were gambling? They didn't really know every bit of it. They knew that something not right, but I didn't have the courage to tell them exactly what I was until recently. Okay. Do you think that when all that happened, that there was like shame or at least internal shame or just disappointment in yourself? Like, what are some of the things that you went through when you had this happen? I definitely felt shame and disappointment with myself because I feel like I'm a math major. I know better than that. It's like, why am I doing? Yeah. And when you told your parents eventually, how did they react? They were very disappointed with me. They wished that I told them earlier, but they told me that it's a good thing you know when to stop. I still own multiple houses. My life is good. Right. But I could have gone down that really wrong path. I could make it a lot worse, basically. That's great. So you caught yourself on mid-fall yes. and pivoted so that the impact wasn't so bad. Right. Who is the one person that had the biggest influence on you in your life? It's very hard for me to pinpoint to one person, but I do have a mentor in mind because when I work with her, she told me if money and resource is not a problem for you, what do you want to be doing? Absolutely. What was the answer to that? Well, I love games. 
But the way I say games may not be the most traditional sense of just playing board games with family because I do like gaming in general. I like esports. I like poker. I like trading. I have that in me. Yeah. And fast forward to like now, I'm very grateful that I learned how to communicate the risk with my fiance. Yeah. And I also hold myself accountable for sticking to my plan, not doing anything crazy. Yeah. Accountability is a big word, probably a big, important word. Yes. That's great. So you now talk with your fiance about money and plans, all that kind of stuff. Yes. So would you say that you're a lot more intentional? Yeah, I think intentional is the best way to approach life. It's like you start with the end in mind. It's like, what do you want in your life? What do you enjoy? And then once you figure that part out, you can say like, okay, well, what is the next steps I need to take to get to where I want to be? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering, the Oscars were big for Asian Americans. Yes. They swept. And one of the things Ki Hui Kwan said, don't give up your dreams. And he said, I almost gave up on mine. Yeah. When I heard that and I knew we were talking and I know you talk about pursuing your dreams. I don't know if you saw that speech. I saw it. Awesome. I'm wondering, as a Chinese American, how do you take that in and how does that impact your American dream? Anything is possible. And what struck me about that winning speech from Key is that he talked about how he was the immigrant on a boat, what his wife told him, your time will come. And it's a very difficult belief to have and to live. You know, I'm very glad I found my future wife that has that similar belief that I can do what I love and then I can still make it my own way, my own definition of success, basically. It's not like traditional, oh, you have to work a day job. You have to be in coaching, whatever that standard that other people put on you. You don't have to conform to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I was impressed with when he said, my wife has said for the last 20 years, your time will come. It seems like if we follow our passion, not doing it because it's going to make a lot of money or because there's a guarantee that we're going to get fame and fortune, but we're doing it because we love it, our time will come because we're actually living our passion. Yes. Do you think as Asian American, as Chinese American, you've had different struggles than maybe other people have had? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what some of those struggles have been? I want to be careful not to generalize nowadays because... Yeah, yeah, for sure. But for my case, I think that people thought I look like a nerdy kid, you know, to this day, even though I'm 40 years young. <laughs> so <laughs> people think that, oh, you shouldn't be in showbiz. You should be doing engineering or law, I don't know, math, doctor, something related to that field. And there's some truth to that because I don't have a real professional training. It's not like I'm usually trained since I was growing up or I don't even take that many acting classes. So a lot of people, they have a reason to believe that I don't belong there. Right. For the way I see it, it's like, well, now it's so different because it doesn't matter so much what you do. Whether you're teaching finance, you're in gaming, you're teaching health, whatever it is, you need some influence out there. So that's why I'm not going to give up on that, no matter what. Maybe I don't have to do 100%. Maybe I could do 50%, 25%, whatever. But I feel like in order to make the impact that you want to make, you need that influence and you want to keep that out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I really appreciate about you showing up 
and doing what you wanted to do, regardless of the outside critics, is that you just went for it. And I think so many people have a dream, want to show up in a certain way. And because they're afraid that they won't do it perfect, they're afraid that somebody might make a comment. They're afraid that something will go wrong, right? And so there's all these reasons. And so a lot of people, instead of giving voice to their dream or giving voice to their passion or trying to make a difference, they hold back because, well, they might laugh at me or maybe my dream is too lofty. So I really appreciate that you said, you know what? I'm just going for it. I don't have any expectations. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to put it out there. What message do you want people to take away from your work and from the story of success that you've had? Focus on taking that next step that can get you closer to your dream, whatever that may be. One of the crazy dreams I had recently was that I wanted to create a board game to help people chase their dreams, try out different careers, different businesses. But I realized that that's also not my area of expertise. I also don't want to spend like all day, every day creating the game from scratch. Right. So when I sat down and have that honest reflection, that's when I realized, oh, okay, well, I don't have to do everything by myself. I can collaborate. I can invest in the right project and then manage the risk. I don't have to go all in. Yeah, that's great. Collaboration is a great way to go. You minimize risk and still sharing the wealth. I'd rather have 50% of something than 100% of nothing. Right. Absolutely. Do you think that it's true that reaching fame equals success and wealth? Mm, depends on how you define success. Because the traditional definition of success is like, yes, you need to have millions of dollars into your name. You have financial freedom. We don't have to work if you don't want to, all that. But there's something else that's missing. That's living with joy every day. That one, you cannot quantify. You cannot put a number to it. There are people who make much more money than I do and feel miserable. But there are also people who make way less than I do and feel amazing. So if I have that choice, I'm much rather make less and feel amazing. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Did you always have that joy? Is that something you cultivated? How did you discover your joy and your gratitude? The way I do it is that I focus my time and energy on the things that I want to focus on. So for me personally, it's something related to game, math, and finance, some combination of those fields. So if I were to just take a job, even if it's a very high paying job that doesn't align with those fields and those areas, I would feel terrible. And that's what happened for like eight years. Yes, I got a pretty good job at the government. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I learned so much, but I also don't want to be stuck there for the next 10 to 20 years. So that's why I took the risk. I got into poker. I got back into entertainment. And that's who I am today. Yeah, that's awesome. Why is reputation more important than money? Because reputation is something that takes years to build, but only a day to destroy. The brand is so important. Over the years, working in showbiz, there are some difficult truths that people might not know about. One of them is that I have to be very careful with what projects I say yes to. Because sometimes the movie or the commercial, it requires you to criticize other people or say bad things about other people. And I feel like that one is always going to come back to bite me. So I say no, because you cannot replace that reputation. Absolutely. Now you've written a book. Yes. Tell me about the book and what was the impetus for writing it? The book, the name is called Champion by Choice. The idea is that you can become a champion regardless of your circumstances. 
The idea behind writing this book is to leave a legacy because no matter how many interviews or speaking gigs I do, I cannot share my entire story. So I want to have something out there where there's no gaps in what my whole story is complete. That's awesome. Why is legacy important to you? Well, once you get to the end of your life journey, and I still have many years before I can say that, <laughs> it's more like, what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, it's important. And what is it inside of you that says, you know what? I want to share this message. I want to inspire people. I want to give people hope. I want to help people go for their dreams and be a champion by choice. What is it inside of you that drives you to do that? Because I'm a living example for trying many different things in life, but most of it don't work out the way I want. And that's normal. Also, the way I design and create my dream life, it also is not the traditional way of doing it. For example, I don't have a strict calendar. I like to leave a lot of room to just do what comes to my mind. I'm more spontaneous like that. Also, I still like poker, but I don't want to just rely on poker. For me, it's more like to use that experience to try out other ventures. I'm not sure what that is yet, and that's okay. No, that's great. I'm curious, when hearing all this, were your parents instrumental in your mindset? Did they talk to you about money? Did they talk to you about fame? Did they try and talk you out of it? What were the conversations with your parents, especially as you were growing up and then when you got to college and then you went for it? What was that like? Well, my mom has the biggest influence on me because she told me that if you want to get a good job, you need to study. You need to go to school. And I agree. Maybe the traditional set, the word of school is not like just going to the school in a classroom, but you still need to spend a lot of time learning the skill that you want to improve on. You want to be great at. And then after the fame from American Idol, my mom really wished that I just go get a stable job again. Because I'm about to get married. She feels like I'm taking too much risk. I told her that's not necessarily true because every decision has risk now. Right. Even if I were to get a job, I could get laid off next month, next day. Who knows, right? Yeah. At this stage in my life, it's like, why do I want to just settle for a $20 an hour job when I can create something much better? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of $20 an hour, you're in Vegas now. Is it much cheaper to live there than living in Los Angeles or is it about the same? Depends on what you're looking for. I think the rent is cheaper. If you're trying to start a business, run a business, Las Vegas is amazing because no state tax. Right. We love that. I think the gas is also a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Food is about the same. And then depends on your lifestyle. I think that buying a house in Vegas is amazing right now. It's under 200000 for two bedroom. Wow. <laughs> so you can find it and it's a good place. You don't have to find a bad place for that. And that's why I did it. No, that's awesome. Now, you said you don't really keep a strict calendar. Do you budget? Do you track your money? I used to be bad at it, but now I'm better. <laughs> I do have a budget now. Yeah. I have a loose budget, but I still have it. I would have an app. I would track like, oh, this is how much minimum expense I need for each month. It's nothing crazy. Like I mentioned, like live the basic living necessities, I have it there. And then some expense, I would say, you don't have to have it, but it's compelling. For example, I invest some money in the cash value life insurance. We have 6% dividend. Amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it sounds like 
you've learned to live within your means. Yes. You look at risk and you look at those things, but you're not out there trying to buy a Ferrari and make it like you're living a livable life. Yes. That's not stressing you out and you're waking up and you're deciding this is what I feel like doing today, but you're not beholden to all kinds of debts and all kinds of scary things that can take you out. Yeah, yeah. I learned a lot over the years. So now I don't have any bad debt, no credit card debt. I only have the mortgage and then the student loan because who knows how the laws will change for that one. So I don't have incentive to pay it off early. No reason. Just wait. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, William, we're at the Fast Five. We're going to shift the energy just a bit. And the Fast Five is brought to you by FAMZU, prepaid cards and a family finance app for kids, teens, and parents. If you want your child to learn money habits that match your values, click on the link in the show notes to learn more. All right, so here we go. I think I know the answer to this, but money or fame? Whoa, fame, both. (laughs) Both. (laughs) All right, that's fair. What was one of your first extravagant purchases you made after your rise to success? I bought a new car. Okay, and were you happy with that car? Yes. It ticked all the boxes. It was a Toyota Prius, so it was not that fancy. I have no problem with that one. Yeah, no, Toyota's good. Would you rather go back in time to fix your biggest money mistake or look to the future and find out where you end up? Look to the future. Because sometimes in life, without making those big mistakes from before, I wouldn't know how to manage better now. Yeah, absolutely. What was your last argument about money? Last week. My fiance and I were talking about my future and then my plan is riskier than the normal person. But it's okay. You know, she understands. She wants to support me as long as I not go crazy. Yeah, there you go. That's good. What's your financial weakness? Chasing losses. (laughs) I hate losing because I'm a competitive guy. Yeah. So I have a tendency to like, oh, no, let's get it back today. Let's get it back next week. No, 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 no. That's not a good way to approach finance or anything in life. That's great. You know, I have not heard somebody say that before. And I love that chasing losses because that's what a lot of us do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you have a name for it. So I love that. Now we're at the M&M spot, the sweet spot, money and motivation. Do you have a practical financial tip or a piece of wealth wisdom you could share with our listeners? Well, educate yourself as much as possible. Yes, you want to have some safe investments, index funds, treasury bonds, whatever, but educate yourself more, you know? Think about like how to evaluate an individual company or how do you trade options and use it in a responsible way to protect yourself against the downside. So you don't have to be fancy, but the more you know, the better off you'll be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, William, What I love about this conversation, and I love the title of your book because I think it says it all, Champion by Choice. You made a choice to step up. You made a choice to take a risk. And I love that you're out there trying to inspire and encourage other people to take that risk, to not worry about what other people say, to just show up and live your life, not trying to live everybody else's life, live your best life. And the fact that you have learned to live and find joy Because there are so many people making lots of money and they're completely miserable. Mm -hmm. And I think that healthy balance of, yeah, want to have a little bit of fame, want to have a little bit of money and celebrity and all that good stuff, (laughs) but within your means, like not going so crazy that you take yourself out. And the fact that you were able to gamble, start to spiral, stop and pivot before the bottom fell out 
Right. Like just speaks to the awareness and the intentionality of I'm going to show up the way that I show up. People don't have to like it or people can love it, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to be William. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Where can people find out more about you online, social media? Where can people find your book? And you got to show me a copy of your book. Okay, sure. The best way for you to get in touch with me is Instagram, William Hung Official. I'm also active on Facebook and LinkedIn. And then the book, right now, the easiest way for you to get it on Amazon. But if you want to wait a few days as of this recording, I will also set up my shop on Etsy and then you can get an autographed copy. Champion by choice. I love it. We should all be champions by choice. Well, William, this has been such a pleasure. I so appreciate you taking the time and I wish you much more success and maybe another round of American Idol or whatever the future holds for you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there, Money Master. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Did you learn some valuable insights around your relationship with money? Our guests shared some of their financial epiphanies. You might have experienced one too. Don't just sit there with that aha moment. Share it with us and the world by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Or leave a comment on one of our socials, at Money You Should Ask. Let's spread the word and help others explore their financial health too. But that's not all. Do you want to live in abundance and build wealth that can sustain you and your family for generations to come? It only takes one thing. The willingness to change the way you think about your money. It's time to test your money nerve and discover what's been holding you back from financial freedom. Take the free quiz now at themoneynerve.com and begin your journey towards a prosperous future.